Let's indulge in some small talk now and talk to the man that knows more about the small and mid-cap market on the JSE Securities Exchange than anyone else I've had the privilege to interview. His name is Anthony Clark. He's an independent analyst. And Anthony, I think what we need to do, first of all, is look back at the knockings of 2018 because the overall market has been bad. How did the small and mid-caps perform? Yeah, hi, Lindsay. It's nice to chat to you again. It's been a while. You know, the underlying small to mid-cap market has had a pretty horrendous year. You know, depending on where you've been, um, you know, you've had some counters that have, that, have run, that have run up quite nicely, like Valley Group, which is up over 66%. And then you've got other companies like Dawn, the plumbing supplies company, which is down 99%. But if you look at the indices overall, uh, I've checked yesterday, the mid-cap index is down about 11%, and the small cap index is down about 14%. But that doesn't show the whole picture. Because in those indices, there's companies that have been completely murdered and other companies that have, that have weathered the storms, either due to good results or corporate activity. Yeah, indeed. Has there been lots of corporate activity? Because I tend to find when a market is either at its peak or at its bottom, there tends to be a little bit of action. Have you seen that? Have you seen people sniffing around some of these perceived bargains? Absolutely. I think what we've seen uh, in the last few months is you know, as the small to mid-cap index has fallen out of favor in the domestic marketplace, particularly amongst the large institutions. Uh, liquidity has dried up. Valuations have, uh, have dramatically declined. And I've been covering this sector now consistently for over 20 years. So I've been through these cycles many, many times before. And you've now got stocks which trade on fairly low multiples of twos, threes, fours, and fives, which still have fairly good prospects in what is a, a die economic situation. And what happens then? You start getting companies buying back shares because they have cash. You have private equity knocking on the door, or we have management saying, well, you know what? If we can't get the valuation in the marketplace, we'll take ourselves private. And recent examples have been Verimark, Michael Van Staden, who started the company, uh, has uh, made an offer to buy the company back at 150 cents a share, yeah. which is a nice premium to the current share price because of, of limited interest in this company. And even DRO Clover, uh, which listed uh, in 2010, we've now had not had, we've had not just one offer, we've got two offers knocking on the door. We've got master plastics looking as well at, uh, at being taken out. And there's many stocks uh, currently under the radar of many activist players and private equity. Uh, the latest is Grand Parade, where I was at yesterday, where activist shareholders representing just over 12% have pushed that share price up probably by about 30% in the last month by trying to rattle the cage of, uh, of incumbent management. So the answer is there's a long list of companies which potentially could get taken out because valuations are now so compelling the market won't rate them, perhaps private equity and uh, an MBO will. Yes, let's talk about Grand Parade because I saw a tweet from you and you were enthusiastic about the vibrancy of that meeting that you attended. What is going on? You've sort of alluded to it, but what do you think is going to be the outcome of Grand Parade? Because it's been a noisy company for a couple of years. Absolutely. Uh, just in a nutshell, this is a, a gaming company here in the Western Cape, which has a majority stake, oh, sorry, has a stake in the Grand West Casino down here also owns Burger King, Dunkin' Donuts, and Baskin-Robbins. So it's plowed a lot of the money it's received in dividends from the gaming assets into its, uh, its fast food business, over a billion rand, and it isn't making that much money. So the share price has fallen quite dramatically in the last few years, and the company has a net asset value of around seven rand a share. And before the activists got involved, it was trading at about a rand 70 or rand 80. Wow. We're, now at about a, we're now at about three rand 10. 
We've seen the value capital partners take an 8% stake and a combination of domestic institutions, Denka Capital, uh, Westbrook, uh, Cajiso, build up a 12% stake. And the rattling management cage is saying, you know what? It's now trading at a big discount to NAV. You've been losing money hand over fist in fast food. The gaming assets have been ignored. What are you going to do? And there's been a battle royal between the empowerment uh, uh, board and, uh, and predominantly as they call it, white fund managers looking to break up a BE company. So racist chants and racist taunts have been brought to bear from GPL against activist fund managers, which I think is, is, is not what should happen in 2018. If a board is underperformed, they should be held accountable and not use racism to try and defend themselves. No, play the racism card and you know that you're dealing with desperate people. That's my view. Taste Holdings is something that's very, very interesting to me because of an announcement that came out last week. It was they were suspending or postponing their um, expansion of their Starbucks and Domino's brands. Did they bite off more than they could chew and more than they could drink? Absolutely. I think we've discussed this in the past. I think it was May 2015 when the former CEO, Carla Gonzaga, came out with an infamous statement at a Cape Town Results presentation where he stated he was doubling down his investment on food. And it's been an unmitigated disaster, costing the job of the CEO. And the share price back then when I came up with the sell uh, was two rand 57. I think today we're trading at 18 cents. Wow. We've, we've over a billion rand of new equity raised, several hundred million rand of capital pumped in by, uh, by Riskovitz, uh, the American fund. And the company has perpetuated ongoing losses in, in fast food and jewelry. And we've just seen in the last week or so uh, its largest shareholder, the risk of its value fund, um, offer an emergency 50 to 200 million rand loan at 16 percent to try and keep the company afloat. Because if it goes bust, then risk of it loses an untold fortune for its shareholders, because I think it owns from memory 66 percent. I was at Spur Corporation at their AGM today, and the fast food market remains very, very difficult particularly the pizza market, which is what taste is predominantly in. And we've also got load shedding here in Cape Town and well across the country, yes. which is not exactly a, a great news for, for fast food companies to keep their ovens and their lights on over what is traditionally uh, the most buoyant part of a year, which is a festive season. So I think taste is going to have a very difficult second half in jewellery and in fast food. And I'm forecasting uh, more losses for this February year end. And it's, uh, once again, teetering on the brink. Yeah, these fast food companies, it's almost like resources companies. When they get uh, too cocky, they go out and buy things. Uh, like a resources company will go out and buy a mine here and there because the gold price is at X or the platinum price is at X plus one. And then eventually it doesn't work out. It almost seems the same as famous brands and taste holdings to which you've just referred. They go out there and they get a little bit ahead of themselves. Absolutely. In taste, in taste case, they took on too much too quickly. They took Starbucks and, uh, and uh, Domino's Pizzas into this country, two amazing international brands, which needed substantial capital to actually launch in this country. We also had, for example, Grand Prairie Investments take on Burger King, where they spent nearly a billion rand. We then had famous brands, famous brands spending over two billion rand buying the burger company in the UK, which has basically been burnt to a frazzle. And as we've seen, you know, when the market turns against fast food, if the consumer is, uh, is under the whip, you know, one of, the one of the first things that starts to uh, be eroded at the margin is you have to pay your bills first, your mortgage, your car repayment, your kids' school fees, for example, and perhaps you eat at a little bit less or a little bit cheaper. 
and uh, you know in 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 tough economic times uh, the consumer you know starts to uh, to, to pare back on the, on their purses which we've seen specifically in fast food it's a shame because I liked Carlo Gonzaga. He was always very enthusiastic when the company first went to the JSC, but again, just got ahead of himself. What about the construction sector? Because there were companies, it was 2008 to the run-up to the World Cup, the 2010 World Cup, that were mid-caps and some even quite large caps, and they've gone to micro-caps now. What an extraordinarily beaten-up sector that is. Absolutely. No, back in the day, we had some, some Goliaths. You know, imagine that the market value of Murray & Roberts, Avenge, Group 5, Stefanuti Stocks, Wilson Bailey Homes. What do we have today? You know, if you, if you, you know we've got Avenge trading probably at $0.05. Cents. We've got Group 5 teetering on the brink. Uh, we've had many other companies go belly up. Uh, we've got Murray & Roberts, a shadow of its former self. Uh, and only Wilson Bailey and perhaps Stefanuti Stocks and Rybex sort of semi-holding their own. But with a lack of, uh, of infrastructure spend in this country... And, you know, when companies even not paying their bills or, or, or not investing in, in private initiatives, you know, the entire sector is, is, has been decimated. And we probably need substantial investment to occur in, in South Africa for these companies to once again, you know, pick up the mantle. But can you really see that coming in the next few years? I certainly can't because government can't even pay ESCOM's bills, yet alone build new roads. Okay, let's look forward to 2019. It's been a tough year for the whole market and the small and mid caps. Actually, I thought that they might be down a little bit more than the statistics that you sent me earlier today. But uh, you've mentioned that there are opportunities. Are people ignoring the small and mid cap sector and therefore provide even more opportunities because they're so obsessed with NASPERS and British American Tobacco and Sassel and Richemont, etc.? Do you find yourself as an independent small and mid cap analyst able to find bargains but find it difficult to sell to people? You've just hit the nail on the head, Lindsay. The answer is there is a list of compelling stocks out there, either trading at substantial discounts to hard net asset value companies sitting on large cash balances doing, you know, okay in a tough market. But given that uh, fund managers are themselves under the whip and, and have had very poor performance this year, you know, they're too busy trying to protect their own backs. And many of these smaller companies simply are either not worth the effort, or in many cases, certain of the larger institutions have actually ceased either coverage or, or even wound up uh, their small cap funds. But I've been through all this before, you know, at, at some point in the cycle, you know, perhaps after the election next year, when uh, hopefully calm returns to the domestic economy, they'll suddenly wake up and say, you know what, we've, uh, we've uh, can't really see any value in, in certain of these larger caps. But we've now got these small caps trading on twos, threes and fours with, you know, fairly good prospects if the domestic economy starts to pick up. You know, I sent you a list earlier of, of certain companies, you know, but are trading on massive discounts to net asset value. You know, I'll, I'll name a couple as we stand right now. Yes. Quantum Food Holdings, the agricultural and uh, an animal feed and chicken company. You know, share price trading around about four rand. Net asset value, eight rand 83 on a price earnings ratio of 2.5, just about a payout, a special dividend of 70 cents on a four buck share price. You know, can you imagine that? Gosh. We've got Bola Metcalf trading just north of 10 rand, sitting at a net asset value of nine rand 34 and a P of 11. However, it's paying out a special dividend of rand and five cents has a 200 million rand owned property portfolio, no debt, and still sits on cash of 250 million rand. Its existing businesses in plastics as a, as a family-owned business, but, it's, but has been trading for decades, is trading on a PE of three. So there are, these, there are many stocks out there which are being completely ignored by the marketplace because the market currently just doesn't give a damn.
Yes, exactly. And that, uh, again, provides opportunities. Unfortunately, the illiquidity factor and also the fact that the big boys, and we know who they are, can't invest in a company like Value or Quantum or Argent or Metrophile or Rolfs or Bola Metcalf or CSG Holdings because it doesn't make any difference to their overall performance. There must be something that can be done. And I think what in the new year, what we'll do in the new year, rather, Anthony, is feature a small cap every week or so and try and get some awareness that there are some gems out there. Never mind the overall market being down 13.7% so far this year or even more. Let's have a look at the year ahead and try and find some nuggets for retail investors. I think that's the place to be. I think at some point next year, we've already seen some nibbling, you know, but the smaller boutique funds, uh, some of them who are, who are clients of mine, uh, like, uh, if I can mention names, like Cy Jacobs at 361 yes. or the flagship funds run by Paul Flocke and his team. You know, they're of a sufficient size where they can buy a reasonable stake in a small to mid cap and they can actually make a difference to their fund. But if you were coronation with half a trillion rand under management, you know, you have to buy the entire index yes. just to get a, a meaningful stake in these companies. So I think it'll be the, the more boutique funds next year in 2019 who, who will see the value and start snapping up these stocks. And some of them are doing it right now sitting back, collecting the dividends, and waiting for a re-rating. And the retail investor can also participate in, in these stocks. I think the Coronations, the old mutuals, the Sanlams, the Investex will eventually come back into the fray. But the easy money will have been made. And by that point, the market will have re-rated to a certain degree. The market caps of these companies will be a little bit bigger to entice these companies back in. But I think that'll be after the horse has bolted and the, and the easier money has been made. Anthony, I look forward to 2019 and chatting to you regularly. That's Anthony Clark, independent, small and mid-cap analyst on the JSC Securities Exchange.